I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Oh, you know, yesterday Vladimir Putin recognized two breakaway territories in eastern Ukraine, Donetsk and Luhansk uh, in the Donbass region, as independent territories, uh, the Donetsk People's Republic uh, and the Luhansk People's Republic uh, as breakaway territories, independent uh, territories, which gives Vladimir Putin a host of options in terms of things he thinks he can do legally. In response, President Biden announced economic sanctions against Russia just within the, the last hour. And we want to go through and break these down just a little bit in terms of what they are, what they mean, and what comes next, how it relates to you and what it means in your world. And so let's start with President Biden. Uh, He announced that in response to Russia's invasion, and he was clear that it is an invasion or the beginning of an invasion. I wish they'd be a little more clear on that portion of it into some of these parts of Ukraine. Uh, He mentioned that the U.S. would impose specific sanctions on Russia. This is the beginning of a Russian invasion of Ukraine, as he indicated and asked permission to be able to do from his Duma. So let's begin to... uh, So I'm going to begin to impose sanctions in response far beyond the steps we and our allies and partners implemented in 2014. And if Russia goes further with this invasion, we stand prepared to go further as with sanctions. So let's break that down just a little bit. Uh, I I still don't quite understand the reasoning behind the language of this is the beginning of of an invasion. An invasion is an invasion is an invasion. And so let's not equivocate on whether it's the beginning, is it the middle, does it matter? Uh, But I thought that was interesting because then the president positioned that this is the beginning of sanctions as response to the beginning of that invasion. And uh, I question that. Uh, I don't I don't think that is a position of strength. To me, that seems like you're tippy toeing up to the line in terms of what you're going to do and what you intend to do uh, to make this, as the president declared last week, as painful, as significant as possible uh, for Vladimir Putin and others in Russia. And, and so I wish the language had been just a little sharper and a little clearer there. Uh, let's not equivocate and let's not debate what the beginning of an invasion looks like as opposed to an invasion. I think they're the same. Uh, and so let's not begin to have some uh, sanctions. Let's have sanctions and then move forward. Now, the president was strong and said that sanctions would target Russian banks, their debt, and the elites. Take a listen. We're implementing full blocking sanctions 
on two large Russian financial institutions, VEB and their military bank. We're implementing comprehensive sanctions on Russian sovereign debt. That means we've cut off Russia's government from Western financing. Starting tomorrow and continuing in the days ahead, we'll also impose sanctions on Russia's elites and their family members. They share in the corrupt gains of the Kremlin policies and should share in the pain as well. And because of Russia's actions, we've worked with Germany to ensure Nord Stream 2 will not, as I promised, will not move forward. So those are all important sanctions uh, against Russia. Uh, the president clearly indicated that more uh, would come if Russia continued uh, to invade and extend their reach inside of Ukraine. And I think in looking at, at these, I think it's, uh, it is important to note that the banking component uh, is one that we expected they would go after the oligarchs uh, and the elites of Russia, that they would go after some of their uh, assets uh, and cash reserves around the world, that they would uh, play in that space. And, uh, and then, of course, the coordination with Germany, very critical on the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, that that would not move forward as the president promised last week. So I think there's some good components there in terms of what the president laid out. Very interesting, the the reaction and response from members of Congress, uh, both positive and questioning. Uh, there were many in uh, the Senate in particular talking about that these did not go far enough, that these should have been uh, spelled out earlier rather than hinted at earlier, and that uh, that these things need to, to continue to happen. And uh, many are looking to the Senate to see what they will do next. Will the Senate now come back with a united front? There was a lot of bipartisan work going on in the Senate in terms of sanctions. Uh, they couldn't get together over whether the sanctions should happen before an invasion or after an invasion. That is now a moot point uh, because they have – uh, invaded. And so now it'll be interesting to see if Democrats and Republicans get together in the Senate uh, to impose steeper sanctions or re- sanctions even beyond what the president laid out today. So that's an important piece of the puzzle. Uh, the president uh, went on in his uh, very brief remarks today that uh, he believes that Vladimir Putin is laying the groundwork uh, for Russia to further invade Ukraine. We still believe that Russia is poised to go much further in launching a massive military attack against Ukraine. Hope I'm wrong about that. Hope we're wrong about that. But Russia has only escalated its threat against the rest of Ukrainian territory, including major cities and including the capital city of Kiev. So the president believes that there is more to come. I, I think that Vladimir Putin is playing the long game. He is doing this uh, like a judo match. He is just scoring points, racking up space, uh, positioning his troops, making the case to his own people. Uh, about the justification. Uh, Of course, there's a lot of misinformation and disinformation happening there as well, uh, and that's going to continue to play out. So very defensive moves uh, from the president saying, look, this is all defensive. This is not the U.S. or NATO uh, being the aggressor uh, or leaning in to Russia. These are all defensive. The United States will continue to provide defensive assistance to Ukraine in the meantime. And we'll continue to reinforce and reassure our NATO allies. Today, in response to Russia's admission that it will not withdraw its forces from Belarus, I have authorized additional movements of U.S. forces and equipment already stationed in Europe to strengthen our Baltic allies, Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania. Let me be clear. These are totally defensive moves on our part. 
We have no intention of fighting Russia. Uh, Finally, President Biden uh, was very specific in terms of reaffirming that the NATO allies are united in this cause. At every step, we have shown the United States and our allies and partners are working in unison, which he hasn't been counting on, Mr. Putin. We're united in our support of Ukraine. We are united in our opposition to Russian aggression. And we're united in our resolve to defend our NATO alliance. And we're united in our understanding of the urgency and seriousness of the threat Russia is making to global peace and stability. So as you look at that unity, it's interesting. It's a lot of declarations of unity from the different NATO members, and yet they're all acting very independently. Uh, And so that's going to be interesting to watch because I don't think that bodes well. I don't think it sends the right message when there is talk of unity and yet all of the actions uh, are not they don't even feel coordinated. And so that's going to be something that I'm going to be watching over the next several days is how does NATO act as one to actually show a united front uh, in terms of some of those sanctions. And then uh, we may get to this a little later on in the program. The impacts here at home uh, will be significant uh, when it comes to fuel prices. Uh, and this is this is what happens when you are not energy independent, uh, when you're actually taking oil from Russia uh, because we've shut down our own production that increases the price of the oil, uh, which is good for Vladimir Putin. It funds what he is doing in Ukraine. I think that's a mistake. I think we have to be more wise in terms of being energy independent. And I guarantee you, energy created here in the United States uh, is a lot cleaner than what Vladimir Putin is doing with uh, producing energy and oil and natural gas in Russia. So it's not as clean Uh, It's being transported around the world, and we're taking it. We're buying it uh, to fund uh, his activities, uh, including what he's doing in Ukraine. I think that's a debate that we've got to get to in a different kind of conversation as we move it all forward. We'll go ahead and step aside for a quick commercial break. When we come back, is the Senate required to confirm all the president's nominees? James Wallner from the R Street Institute joins us next to discuss the relationship between the executive and the legislative branch when it comes to confirmation might surprise you stick with us it's the story of an american held in a dark venezuelan prison then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up they pointed their guns at me and this is the point where i thought i'm gonna die today i'm becky bruce i spent a year working on hope in darkness which now has more than two million downloads find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. 